What's your favorite scary movie? podcast where two lgbts talk the horror movie of the week real life crime and events and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film and yes the titles are puns i'm l i'm kate welcome back for another great month of fun Woo! l and i are both slowly going insane right now i think because we're dead <laughs> tired but we are here and we are queer and we are here to talk about near dark Woo! Uh, woo! yeah so, 1987's Near Dark, directed by Catherine Bigelow, co-written by her, and Eric Red. Oh, God, I hope... Yeah. Couldn't read my own writing for a second there. <laughs> yeah. And so, this... This... I mean, Catherine Bigelow, as we know, went has gone down in history as the only... Oh, no, oh, oh, almost forgot about Chloe Zhao. Okay, there's two now. There's two women that have won Best Director at the Oscars. And for <gasps> up until literally this year, it was only Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker. Um, so she's kind of a big deal. Uh, <laughs> this was her first feature. It's her second feature, her first feature directing on her own. The first one, The Loveless, was co-directed by some guy. I'm sorry, I didn't write down his name. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and watching both that and this and just, like, especially, we're not here to talk about The Loveless, but that one and this was the first time watching Near Dark where I knew about her background as, like, in, des- like, design and her degree in, like, design and everything, and, like, it makes so much sense mm-hmm. knowing that, which I guess we can get into. First, I should say what it's about, um, because <laughs> it's, like, a, it's a vampire western. Basically, Catherine Bigelow wanted to make a western, was, like, that people don't really make westerns, huh? I should add something. Oh, I know. Vampires. Yes. Which, th- thank God. <laughs> yes. Um, Elle, I know you were really excited about this. You're just like, more. I need more just dirty-ass vampires. Yes! No more clean-cut vampires. Society has progressed past the need for clean-cut vampires. They gotta look like they're they're just, like, like they haven't bathed in, like, three days at least. And just the gayest hose in Kalamazoo, I think I tweeted. Uh, yeah, something like that. More, more vampires in Winnebago's, especially. Yes. But, so it follows uh, this guy in Oklahoma, Caleb, who... Meets this girl one night, uh, they have a little kiss-kiss-fall-in-love real quick session, then she's like, oh shit, it's dawn, I have to get home. He's being a dick about it, like, ooh, I gotta go home, I'm gonna take the keys out of my car, cause I'm a dick. And she's like, no, like, for real, and then, like, bites him during their makeout session. Um, and he's like, well, that was weird, and tries to get home, and he starts, like, burning, and it's like, why is this happening? Or, not burning, like, smoking, mm-hmm. as the sun is slowly coming up. And he's trying to, like, run home his, um, his dad and little sister see him, and he gets swooped up by what turns out to be May, the the girl he was with, and her vampire fam. Yeah. <laughs> and they are so dirty! <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's about him trying to, like, whether or not he can be acclimated to the group, whether he belongs, et cetera, et cetera, because these are some code blooded events. Yeah. Uh, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> so, and so I, I'd seen this before. Actually, I got to see it at the New Beverly a couple years ago with Jennifer's body, and it, it just ripped, man. <laughs> like, and I, I think I'm glad we're doing this now because uh, it just got added to Shudder like, like a month ago or something, I think, before that. It wasn't... 
like, aside from, like, sometimes popping up on Criterion Channel and then leaving again, this was, like, impossible to find, and, like, the mm-hmm. DVD is really expensive, and it, it's it's overdue, I think, for, for, like, some kind of physical media re-release, but I'm glad it's on Shutter now, because I have noticed more and more, like, it's popping up a lot on a lot of, like, horror vlogs I follow and yes. stuff, they're like, oh yeah, New Dark! But this was your fr- first time watching it, yeah? It was, yes. Um, it had always been on my list to watch, but I, I had never seen it before, and I, because I guess I couldn't just really find it anywhere, like you said, and then they added yeah. it to Shutter, and I was like, now is the time, so I'm, I'm so glad they added it. They need, they need to release Criterion Near Dark win. <laughs> Let's go. Please. <laughs> is that, is that why you picked it? Because it, it was added to Shutter. That, and I also, I like, really wanted to watch it, because I didn't know how long it was also going to be on there, and I'd also just, like thought it was, you know, I need to watch this. I need to stop putting it off because I was just like, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but uh, it was so good. <laughs> I want to watch it on repeat so much. It's just the vibe and the, the Tangerine Dream score and the, the, the yeehaw after dark of it all. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, this is a life I would never lead. No. And like, I think I want to lead it, but I know I don't. Cause look how it turns out for all these sad, dirty, murderous vampires. Yeah. Um, but what a ride, huh? I mean, don't even say that like good times. <laughs> um, it's, and it, this movie is so good that you forget, like, at least in my opinion, what just how, how its protagonist is just, like, the least interesting character of all time yeah. to me. And, like, I don't know how this works because of that and the romance I don't care about at all, but I'm still just like, yes, five stars, this movie rips hard. <laughs> I, Everyone else makes like, up for it, pretty much. Yeah, like, I don't know if you agree or not with that. No, like, I, I feel hardly agree. I'm like, Caleb, you suck at this fucking job. I would have bitten somebody the first time they asked. <laughs> Oh, so you think he's a... <laughs> so you don't like him because he's a bad vampire. You're a terrible vampire, Caleb. You let the dude get away. And now the love's on that, your ass. But not only that, but then he has to rely on May. Yeah! To, blood to survive, and he just, like, keeps going, and is clearly she's like, that could kill me if you do that. And he just starts, like, laughing, and I'm like, you suck, dude. <laughs> like, you don't you deserve suck. her. You don't. You do not. <laughs> Women. <No>. Um... <laughs> So, can't talk about New York without talking about Bill Paxton. In Woo! And you, you sent me, I think, like, a text that was my exact thought when I was watching, like, like Bill Paxton gender envy, and this Severin <laughs> is gender envy, with the flannel and the leather jacket. Yes! And then, like, like kind of like the ripped white beater, and then the in the bar scene, like, obviously with, like, the sunglasses and the blood, and I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it! <laughs> oh my god, that bar scene i it, it's so tough to watch it's it so, is so, it's like so slow and like in a in an effective way and just mm-hmm. like takes its time from the first kill of the waitress that just like everyone just kind of freezes in the bar and doesn't know what to do like they they don't know they're vampires they just know that they just slit this woman's throat mm-hmm. and like it and the the cutaway of like you don't see it it just cuts to homer like chilling and vibing to the music <laughs> to show that this is just something that they like this is their friday night out yeah and you're like holy fuck <laughs> like it's just this very deliberate slow like one by one picking them off murder of these people in a bar that they then, like, burn down. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, Caleb let that one guy get away because he's stupid. <laughs> Can't do shit in this house. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> I like how you were like, sorry to talk about more off mic stuff, but when you were watching this, you were like, who's gonna fucking believe this guy that's like, a bunch of vampires just attacked this bar? <laughs> and the thing is, like, but he probably didn't say that. He probably just said, hey, a bunch of people just got murdered over at this bar. I was True. <laughs> probably thought they were like, coked out or something. Just extremely, yeah, probably. Extremely dangerous people, so. And knowing me, I would have been like, this dude bit this dude's neck, he's a fucking vampire, and this bar burned down! <laughs> the whitest kid you know version of Hamlet. Oh my god, Hamlet, I just saw a fucking vampire! <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Trevor Moore, first of all. <laughs> god, what else? I just... Oh, also... <laughs> um... Why is it, like, it, how do I phrase this? If I could tell you, like, vampire movies or franchises with a fucking confederate vampire in there, I'd have two nickels. Two! This and Twilight. <laughs> and it's like, the same, just, oh, I fought for the South. And I, I always forget that. I'm like, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> but at least it wasn't, like... Oh, but he's a good guy now. No, he's a piece of shit still. No, that's that's true. That's where this differs from fucking Jasper Twilight. God. <laughs> Wouldn't save his ass. Oh, no, sir. Oh, God. But yeah, I mean, I guess we could talk about... We, we already mentioned, like, how this differs from other vampire lore and that they're all just, like, dirty, gross, yeehaw motherfuckers. <laughs> There's also, like, it, it kind of, like, picks and chooses parts of the lore and even adds something at the end that you commented on when you were texting me. Oh, yeah. That I don't think I've seen any other vampire movie do as a kind of way to cure vampirism. Yeah. Um, but, so, like, the rules that they do follow is that, like, sunlight kills them. And it's, yeah. the, again, like, this is all about, like, I feel like that's kind of the theme of all this is, like, the... The life of a vampire is so, like, slow that the way they kill is slow, the way they die is slow, because it takes- it's not just instantaneous when they go out in the sun, like, oh, kaboom. Like, there's smoking, and then flames and fire, and then, like, oh, and then kaboom! And then kaboom! <laughs> but, like, if you have anything else to add about that, like... No, I loved- I actually really did love that they did- like, it's not something that, you know- instantaneously kills them like it's such a slow mm -hmm. like it's a and it's a very painful death yeah so yeah. like i i just love that i love that they had that as part of the part of the lore for this for this world at least um and like they they're very like they don't look like they heal instantaneously either like it takes time if they do heal yeah. and like they're very charred and like their, their hands mm -hmm. look like they're about to fall off because it's they're so burned and then they like slowly start healing it's not like an instantaneous regeneration so it's like you kind of have to deal with the wounds of like sunlight and it's not just like one and done thing if that makes sense I kind I kind of yeah. like that about that too I was like cutting it real short and maybe because at this point in the end they're like they care more about catching Caleb or than like their lives because they they were they're always cutting it really short with the sunlight yeah like, oh shit <laughs> gotta go gotta go i'm like i'd give myself like an hour at <laughs> least but that's just me i'd be a bad vampire probably <laughs> but at least i wouldn't get burned um <laughs> there's also no like what like uh like crucifixes or i i do like that they can cough up bullets when they're shot that's, that's like, wicked i love that that's like, cool little gag <laughs> yeah there's not really any kind of like religious 
uh, iconography used in, in this one, um, or any kind of, like, other vampire lore that I can think of, like, no, no garlic or any, any of that, uh, holy water, um, but it would be interesting, uh, to kind of have, like, I don't, I don't even necessarily think, like, a movie or anything, but just kind of, like, I would love to sit down with Catherine Bigelow and talk to her about this film and, like, other lore that she would love to, like, put in, like, a book or something, like, the making of Near Dark and, like, more background lore of stuff of the vampires that wasn't part of the film that she has for her world of, of these vampires. Yeah, she did do a commentary on the DVD that I tried to listen to, but this whatever fuck ass made this dvd didn't have any captioning or subtitles for the movie so it's like you're given the option to watch the commentary but you have no idea what anyone's saying in the movie because because the 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 commentary track is obviously over the audio track yeah and i had and i was trying to watch it for this but i was like i should probably know just get a refresher of what's actually going on in the movie instead of Catherine bigelow being like we had to grow our own mosquito for this one scene like which is fucking (laughs) That fucking rules to know, but... <laughs> so one day I would like to listen to her comments. Yes. I don't know if she goes into vampire lore like you're talking about, but she definitely... I, I listened to, like, the first 20 minutes or whatever, and she already has shit to say, and it's cool. Um, uh, if somebody has a DVD version that they can upload with captions uh, for the commentary, please do, because I would love to hear this as well. I know, that'd be cool. I was seriously about to, like, try and find a way to, like, pull it up on Shutter with subtitles and then also, like, sync it with, like, on my TV with the commentary. And I was just like, I'm too lazy to do that. <laughs> just make things more accessible, maybe. Like, I, I'm i hearing in this. So that's, like, the, that's not even, a, like, a real issue. <laughs> but everyone should get to experience Near Dark, goddammit. Absolutely. It's just, like, an older DVD, so I think they wasn't like, the norm yet to do that. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on, y'all. Anyways. Oh. So, I got- I, I do- Okay, I know Captain Bigelow's just spurting off facts about mosquitoes and everything, but there is a kind of fun fact, like, horror-related, about one of the, the cast members of this, um, Joshua Miller, who plays Homer. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the little- the kid vampire. Yeah. Who, like, wants a, a child bride so he's not lonely. Ah. Um, which, that's, let, okay, pin, put a pin in that. Pin that. That's, pin, pin what I'm talking about right now, because that's another fascinating aspect of that. Like, I can't, be, okay, r- correct me if I'm wrong, or, like, in an interview with a vampire, does Kirsten Dunst, like, does her mentality age at all? Like, she's kind of, like, I have only seen it, like, once. I think it does. I think she kind of talks yeah. about it a little bit in her, in, in the movie, but not, like like this like it does in this film where it becomes way more like yeah it's not sexual but it it's implied i i guess more for companionship and that's cuz everyone you know everyone else around him has that and that's why he gets jealous of Caleb is because now may has that with him and so he, um and they're all adults so it's they're it's all easier. adults and he, yeah and so he basically has like the brain of an adult at this point because he's been alive for so long and it's just this like struggle that he has that's really fascinating i think and it makes him do this crazy shit in the end but um so anyways that, that actor joshua miller is, comes from a big horror family because his dad 
was Jason Miller, who played Karis in The Exorcist. Oh. And and his half-brother was is Jason Patrick from The Lost Boys, which also came out the same year as Near Dark. Ah! We were just having a, having a vampire fest that year, having a great time. They're so different, also, mm-hmm. those two movies. And he also went went on to uh to write a horror movie with his part with his I don't know if they're married or not, but partner, husband and uh um are called the Final Girls. Uh oh, why yeah. am I blanking on his name? The Girl. My brain is shot. <laughs> Mark Mark Fortune, God. He was he was like one of the original hosts on Attack of the Queer Wolf. <laughs> nice. That's why I was like, I need to know this name. Um I just think that's kind of a fun little, when I found this out, I was like, wait, there's this, this like, horror family out there we don't talk about, or that we don't know is connected, which I think is kind of cool, and that's all, and now, like, he's gay and writes horror movies. <laughs> I don't want to become part of this family, just expand it more. Right? <laughs> so what, did, so obviously, I don't think vampires are real, but what did you find for your, the crime section of this? <laughs> Uh, so one of the big parts of the film, of course, is the bar setting scene, and so I decided mm-hmm. to try to look for any crimes that have been committed in bars. Um, a lot, I, I'm sure. A lot! <laughs> There's a fair amount, and I tried to stick to, like, just, like, generic ones, because there are some LGBT ones that I didn't know Oof. about, um, and I'm just like, ah, no, I don't, I don't want to feel sad today, so let's just stick to something that's just, like, general bars. Yeah. Um... So there was a, there's like, this is just like little short stories from different bars and stuff from uh, different times. Uh, So in 1991, there was a serial killer named Eileen Wernos. Uh, She was arrested. (laughs) 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 Sorry, go on. Oh, you good. Um, she had been picked up at the last resort bar in Port Orange, Florida. She was apparently drinking a beer, and it was a biker hangout bar, uh, when they picked her up on an outstanding warrant for, uh, weapons possession, and then she later confessed to killing seven men after they picked her up hitchhiking. Uh, the bar is still up and running, and their, uh, her mugshot is hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> we gotta go! Where is it? Port Orange, Florida. Let's go. Oh, Jesus. No, I'm not going to Florida. (laughs) So, uh, I probably should reward this, that these are just, like, famous bars that had serial killers inside them. Oh, so the murders didn't happen there. No, they didn't happen there, but there were, there were, these are all famous bars that might still exist. (laughs) Um... So, uh, Ted Bundy often would have drinks at Dante's at the University District Bar in Seattle, Washington. Um, Linda Ann Healy, who was reportedly the first victim of Bundy's, was reportedly seen at Dante's the night she went missing in 1974. Uh, the bar did go up in flames in 2015. Uh, while Dante's website stands that it has, pla- states that it has plans to reopen, the Seattle Post-Intelligence noted that the city plans to demolish the property and i'm like i don't know which one i want more <laughs> probably demolish <laughs> it honestly if a fire took it out then you know it's 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 done uh so uh ed kemper was a big the big figure in netflix's mindhunter he drank at mm. the jury room in santa cruz california uh he'd often chat and was friendly with local cops who nicknamed him big ed <laughs> 
He even told them he would have joined the force if he hadn't been over the height limit because he's like six foot nine and weighed more than 280 pounds. Uh, the bar located right across the street from the Santa Cruz courthouse is still open and pouring booze for off-duty uh, cops, so we do not go to that bar. Uh, <laughs> before his arrest, uh, Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, uh, he would often go to Margarita's Place, which is a Mexican restaurant and bar in downtown L.A., uh, in 1985, a waiter told the Los Angeles Times that Ramirez always came in alone and looked like he was scared of something. Uh, a cook from there also said Ramirez seemed worried about something whenever they made eye contact. Uh, it's still open. Uh, it's at the edge of Skid Row that you can go visit. Uh, L&L Tavern in Chicago, Illinois is rumored to have been a local hangout favored by John Wayne Gacy Jr. Um... Allegedly, he allegedly showed up at the bar one night wearing his clown costume and makeup, uh, and it's still open, uh, and it boasts $2 for a can of PBR if you want to go visit it. <laughs> and there's also, the final one is the Waterfront Tavern in Bellingham, Washington. It's also been visited by various murders over the years, including Ted Bundy, Kenneth Bianchi, and James A. Kinney. Um, more recently, John Allen Muhammad, one of the men convicted in the 2002 D.C. sniper attacks, was said to have hung out at the bar. Uh, the, <laughs> one of the patrons said, I don't know, we just seemed to attract them. The bar, the town is full of driftwood, but even so, Muhammad didn't look right to me. Little did I know, said a bartender uh, to the New York Times in 2002. Um, so those are, <laughs> those are some bars that you can go visit uh, that probably had some serial killers inside them. Um, and also, there is a true crime bar that will, uh, be serving cocktails with a twist in my city that's coming up this fall. Uh, so, can't wait for that. <laughs> it's wait, a can you elaborate on that? <laughs> what a true crime bar is? Uh, so it's a pop-up shop that's gonna be, uh, in the Fire Firefly Lounge, if anybody's from my city. Uh, it draws inspiration from some of the world's most infinite crimes and criminals, uh, cocktail names, the creative design of the interior decor, and some of the regular goings on it. The, it's going to be called the Alibi. Could all be taken directly from an episode of My Favorite Murder. Um, mm. So, and because, you know, everyone's obsessed with true crime. So they're going to have, mm. like, a whole bunch of stuff in there, obviously, like food and drinks and things that will be named after, like, uh you know, serial seri killers, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I just saw it when I went back on the page. Um, they also say that they that they recognize that true crime is sensational, and we want to make sure not to lose sight of the fact that true crime has true victims. Uh, so they're partnering up with local victims charity that will receive a percentage of their proceeds, and they have ways for our guests to donate, and we'll be auctioning off our original artwork at the end of Alibi's run and donating those profits as well. So they're not just, you know... Sensationalized. They're definitely keeping in mind. That's a nice little save because that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like you were saying all of this. I was just like, oh. Oh, it says there's going to be like okay. different zones inspired by real cases and time periods. Certain aesthetics, like film noir, are going to be central. Uh, several references to notorious criminals. Um, there's going to be lots of artwork that's originally created for the space. And uh, the artist named Kaylee Curiel, she's creating a piece that's like a huge conspiracy wall that focuses on different laws and important historical monuments of criminal investigation, aka cops are sucking at their jobs, what else is new? 
<laughs> so that's some true crime and some some bars for you, which was which is funny because the original uh, whole thing of this crime pre- uh, this true the uh, not true crime but this horror podcast was that I was gonna do puns uh, from drink names. Um, yeah. But I just decided to go with Bloody general. Carrie. Bloody Carry was the first one, um, but then I was like, we're gonna run out of names, so I might as well just make it general puns. <laughs> Like oh fuck, <laughs> yeah I'm glad glad that happened. I I I think I've gotten feedback. People like your puns. It's good. Yes, I love, a good pun. I love puns. They're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this this is an unfair question because of the competition of this coming out the same year as the motherfucking Lost Boys. But is New Dark gay at all? <laughs> oh. You texted me about this. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, Bill Paxton. Because you, you, what? No, not like... just that. The there's some. It's not touched on a lot. It. This isn't like Lost Boys level or no. anything. But some. There could. There, there's some vibes with uh with, with Caleb and Severin at points. Yeah. Especially in the in the bar scene when like. Because, like, first of all, he's like, why the fuck is this guy with us? I'd like to cut off his head with my really cool boot spurs. Yeah. Um, that turns into taking him under his wing at the bar, you know, lick, getting blood off his mouth with his finger and then licking it. That kind of shit. Giving him his spur. That <laughs> sounds a little gay. Is that kind of gay? Fellas? <laughs> fellas, is it gay? Give your spur to give him a... <laughs> Why? Yeah, that, I mean, you have fun times with that. <laughs> uh, and then the aforementioned, you know, like, like queer cast member of, of Joshua Miller. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, pretty straight. This whole, it centers around a straight romance. Oh, forgot to talk about the ending and how they, how they cure vampirism in this in a, in a cool way, yeah. I guess. Um, with, it, through blood transfusions, which I guess he gets the idea because his dad's a vet. I don't know how that thought process isn't his dad like a vet not a vet like a farmer yeah like he he, he can uh take care of the animals well enough that he can like give them shots and stuff so i guess he knows a little bit about it um and maybe he was just like what if i take a human's blood and put it into me what will do if like by not ingesting it yeah. though i guess yeah that is an interesting like way to save the day through blood transfusions when this was made during the aids crisis mm-hmm. like because I know that, like, a lot of people that needed transfusions, like, on the regular were fucking terrified, and, like... Yeah. So it's interesting that... Sorry, just, I had to bring up a bummer. No, I, have, I always no, have to please. bring up the AIDS crisis when I can. No. Because, just, because also, because there were a lot, I feel like there were, there was, there was a lot of, like, vampire stuff happening in the 80s because of that, because of the, the metaphor of blood and danger and everything, but in mm-hmm. this, it's blood that saves them, which is... And it, it's just, this is just, like, a really, like, interesting take on so many things, this movie. And I, I appreciate it. That's all, you know. Agreed. Um, agreed. Um, oh yeah, also, like, a lot of people from the movie Aliens are in this, like, yeah. it out. And it's because, it's because Bigelow was married to James Cameron at the time. He's like, you want some of these actors? <laughs> Here you go, basically. <laughs> like, that's what happened. <laughs> She's like, don't mind if I do, which I don't blame her. Did you snatch up Bill Paxton? Want to uh, 
we mentioned before we got into the the true crime segment um homer being a young being like trapped inside like you know yeah. with the other the physical body of uh, a young boy, but he's an adult, and, like, I cannot even imagine the, un- like, the frustration of dealing with that. Yeah. Um, and not even, not even just, like, with, when he wanted Sarah, I think he wanted somebody that, like, not anything sexual, but just, like, somebody that, like, could possibly understand, you know, or, like, it's somebody that is, like, supposed to be close to his age, or, like, close to... Mm-hmm you know, what he, like, looks like age-wise, and, like, maybe that'd be a source of comfort for him. and Like, creating his own shared experience yeah. with someone. And so, yeah. like, they, like, that's why probably he wanted to turn her, so that way she would also have to go through the same mm. thing. Um, but, like, I, I think that's just something that, it, uh, it, that this, it's more elaborately touched on, I think, in here than in Interview with a Vampire. I've only seen that movie, like, once, so, like, don't quote me on that. Um... <laughs> But they're gonna come after us. Then. They're gonna get me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kiki Dunspans. We failed you. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's so, I absolutely loved it because it's definitely a vampire like take of a of them like not being so clean cut and like so into society. They don't want to be part of society. It doesn't look like they want to like try to blend in with humans at all. Um, yeah. except for, like, trying to keep their head down enough that they can go from place to place. Um, mm-hmm. also, like, the comment with, uh, Severin being like, hey, remember when we started that fire in Chicago, which was, like, alluding to the great <laughs> Chicago fire, and I was yeah. like, fuckers. That was a good <laughs> line. fuckers. <laughs> yeah. That's always fun when you're dealing with characters that have been alive for, like, hundreds of years. You can just sprinkle shit like that in. So good, and and I'm so glad that they um that they had uh, Lance Henriksen uh, as Jesse because mm-hmm. he does such a like bad guy, and like he doesn't even mm-hmm. really have to say anything. It's just like the look on his face; it just conveys his emotions so well. And like being the obvious um, leader of the group that mm-hmm. uh, t- makes those decisions, he's probably the oldest because uh, he turned his his wife Diamond back. Um, because, as she said, I was on the side of the road and I knew you were trouble when I first saw you. Um, and I was like, oh, shit. So, it's, it's just an interesting vampire story. I want more vampire stories like this. I want more feral vampire. Let's go. There was this... I, I only read a little of it, but you'd probably like this comic series called American Vampire. <gasps> I've heard of that. Yeah. Heard of that? You, yeah. You like that if you like fucking gross yeehaw vampires. Gross yeehaw. Go for it. Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bill Paxton, your dark gender envy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's it's real and it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm so upset. I'm so upset. I can't. I hate look it when like they this. ain't shaved. <laughs> Uh, uh, any last, any last comments that you would like to say at all, or? Just yeehaw, Catherine Bigelow <laughs> supremacy, I don't know. But watch this on Shutter while you can, because like I said, we don't know how long it's gonna be on there. They seem to love to do that with shit that's like, I don't know if it's like a streaming rights thing or something, but like, things will just pop off of there that are really hard to find otherwise, and you're like, oh, fuck, so. Yeah. yeah while it's hot. Absolutely. R.I.P. Bill Paxton, I still miss him. I still get sad thinking about him. 
Miss you, boy. No. He, I'll tell a okay, quick little Bill, Bill Paxton story, because he, when I went to WonderCon one year, and it was the year that Edge of Tomorrow was out, and, like, to the panel, you know, the guy's like, alright, we don't, we don't have Tom Cruise, we don't have, like, Emily Blunt or anything, but Bill Paxton's here. Like, Bill Paxton was the only person there for the Edge, Edge of Tomorrow panel, and I'm just like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> and he was so cool! <laughs> And he just kept saying game over, man, to make everyone be like, yeah, like to just hype up the crowd. Like, yeah, like solid dude. <laughs> That's the note I want to end on. <laughs> A nice oh, little passion yeah. story. Yeah. So you, do you have any last thoughts? I'm sorry. I'm... <laughs> oh, no, you're totally good. Um. Do you have a Bill Paxton story? I wish I had a Bill Paxton story. No, I live in the fucking Midwest. I don't get anything that cool here. Um, yeah. But I do I do get the Cobra Kai men this weekend, so what's up? Except for... Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, I almost totally forgot about the wind down. We should do that. I was about to be like, find me on Twitter. Do you want to go first since my brain is broken? <laughs> sure. So, I watched a lot of movies. Um, well, well, but in between our last time we we were on here uh, with Sphere, woo. Uh, so, Sphere, honey, <laughs> let's go. Uh, quick anecdote before I, to, I wind down. Uh, my dad and I were in the car uh, today. We were talking about. Um, terrible movies and he was talking about this one movie he's like it's so bad it's good i'm like oh you mean the one star and five stars at the same time movies and he's like yes exactly yes my kind of movie (laughs) um so the one the first one i watched after that was selma and louise which was fantastic ladies oh yeah if the claws chasing you just go off a cliff just just yeet sorry harvey just yeet um, I, mi- I totally, I missed the title of the movie you said is a one and five star movie at the same time. Oh, it was what called was it? Convoy. With, like, Chris Christopherson. Okay, uh, that then. adds up. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> go on. Oh, good. Um, and then, uh, after I watched, I watched Ganja and Hess. Um. Ooh! Which I, I really liked. Um. Okay. It's definitely a, a more s- surreal kind of movie um kind of like a mm-hmm. dreamlike quality to the movie and it's not like a linear like there's a story going to it but it's not like you know straight solid it's definitely got this kind of like uh, i don't even it's like surreal dreamlike quality that's going on with the with the film but i i thoroughly enjoyed it so i would i would recommend um watching it because i know it's on a lot of people's watch list um, and then I watched a film called Under the Shadow, uh, which was released in 2016 by Babak Anvari. Um, and, uh, I don't want to get this wrong, but it's, it's a definitely, it's a foreign <laughs> film. <laughs> it's in, set in the Middle Eastern, uh, it has a woman lead, um, her husband has to go off to war and she and her daughter are left, uh, at the apartment building, um, during the Iran-Iraq war and superstitious neighbors after a missile hits their building, um, th- they think it might be cursed and carrying malevolent Middle Eastern spirits and she has to like confront these because her daughter also believes in them as well. Uh, and it it kind of felt like, it, I don't think it drew inspiration from it at all, but I was just kind of relating it back to like the Babadu, like where the more you deny me, the stronger I get. 
because it kind of had that vibe going with the with the with the spirits in it but it was so good i really liked it um and then i watched sweetheart which came out a couple years ago by jd dillard um and it's like it's it's i liked it it's on netflix um it's this this girl named jen she's washed ashore a small tropical island and like she realizes that she's not completely alone on this place um and she has to survive not only in the sense of like getting food and water and stuff but also she has to survive during the nighttime uh when that creature does come out and it's like so she doesn't get eaten and i i loved it especially because uh the lead of the film spends most of the time on her own and there's not a ton of dialogue but like she does such a good job with like her emotions and conveying what she's thinking even without saying anything so highly recommend that um and then i finally got back onto my afi list and i watched the best years of our lives um long movie but i liked it i liked it i was just like long movie man i've been putting it off Literally the only reason I haven't watched it. It's, like, one of my biggest blind misses of, like, going through Frederick March's filmography. It's like, bitch, you have to watch this. I'm like, it's long. It's almost three hours long, but, like... But how'd it go? It was good. I really liked it, and, you know... I did tell you about how, how, uh... (laughs) Yes! (laughs) How's the people? Harold Harold Russell, uh, he got two Oscars for the same role because he was nominated. He was up against, like, Claude Rains and stuff during the nomination of (laughs) this year. And they thought, oh, he's not gonna win it. So they gave him, like, an honorary Oscar. And then he fucking won it. And then he got a second Oscar for it. (laughs) And the Oscars still haven't fucking learned to not plan ahead like that because look what happened this year. (laughs) (laughs) What What a mess. Well, I also liked that they had, like, an actual disabled actor for his, like, because he was, like, a leading role, too. Um, Okay. And I just, like, that wasn't originally a plan, but when he came in, they're like, oh, we should, you know, have somebody that has to, like, this, they're dealing with different things coming back from a war, and he's obviously dealing with, you know, loss of uh, both of his hands and having to get used to that and, like, his family having to deal with that and just Mm -hmm. all the emotions culminating from from that loss um but the like because the in real life howard russell lost his hands because uh he was holding dynamite and it didn't (gasps) go off it went off too early before he let go of it and that's how he lost his hands but uh he was apparently so uh good with uh the prosthetics that he used in the film he kind of used in real life and he was so good with them like it didn't even really matter he did a great job, and I'm just like, hell yeah. Good on, good on you guys. Um, and then after that, I went and watched, for the first time in almost a year and four months, to the movies. I went and saw The Green Knight starring Dave Patel. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I need to see it still. I, <sighs> Sydney told me there's just one scene she wants to hear my reaction of, and I'm like, you want me to watch a whole movie just... So I can tell you Please. my reaction on one scene that I'm sure is Joel Edgerton oriented. What the fuck happened? I'm not telling you. You gotta look in your eyes. Okay. I'll, I'll I will say catch it streaming or something. It's not. Well, there's actually two two parts that I want you to react to, and one is Joel Edgerton related. So. Yeah, because I was like, this, I was like, all I'm hearing about is like Dev Patel and Come with this movie, and I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't. 
I'm like, Cindy knows I don't really, like, that, like, specifically me, like, wouldn't be like, that screams Kate. So I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I realized, I'm like, is it Joel Edgerton? <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> so, eventually I'll find out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, spoilers to anybody that hasn't seen Green Knight, but there is, so, like... Yeah, there's coming in it. Sorry, guys. You think, oh, it's not gonna be as big as people are saying. No, it is. The calm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, what what did David Lowry do? The, uh, all, all I've seen that this man made was Peach Dragon, so I'm, like, scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did such a good job. I absolutely loved it. I can't wait for you to okay. see it so much. Um, <laughs> finally, I saw Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Mm -hmm. um my friend ezra watched it before me a while ago and how what they said about the movie pretty much has how i feel it's like every person in this film is insane <laughs> and they <Yeah>. are <laughs> and i'm just i had a good time it's definitely one of the better stanley kubrick films like fuck stanley kubrick but it's definitely <laughs> one of the films of his that i enjoyed more yeah i feel like you could call you I feel like that's a general thing you could say about any movie where Peter Sellers plays more than one role. Like, oh, everyone's insane in this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, and then I watched Near Dark, of course, uh, for yes. this podcast, and I would have what a absolutely beautiful movie. Um, I've I lots lots of good films I watched recently. Um, and as far as I reading, I finished reading um the tale a tale for the time being by uh ruth ozeki and it's a really good book um there's definitely some part because it switches over between like this uh girl named now who lives uh over in tokyo um back like a decade before like the the current setting which uh they have different titles and it kind of tells her story through a diary that uh the main character, also named Ruth, um, finds on a beach in, like, a plastic wrap, um, that washed up on shore, and she, like, reads about her, her life and the things that she's going through, uh, during that time. And I really liked it. I thought it was really, really good, and it definitely had some, there was some surreal kind of dreamish stuff going on during some parts of it, but I, I thought it was very good, so... I, I recommend it for anybody who wants a good fiction book. Um, and now I'm reading My Best Friend's Exorcism. Uh, hey! <laughs> we have a table uh, for the lovely uh, Hendrix man uh, downstairs. Brady Hendrix? Yeah. yeah. He's down because we have it right next to like our summer reading table. It's because it's got like the Final Girl support group. And I put like mm -hmm. Horror Store and My Best Friend's Exorcist on there as well uh, for promotion. So... Uh, it's pretty good. I I have just like really just recently started it, so I haven't gotten too far into it, but I'm enjoying it so far already. And I also dig the cover, looking like an old VHS tape. I'm loving it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm loving it. Mm -hmm. So what have you been up to? Hey, hey. Um, what's worth talking about? My my <laughs> mom visited, so it was a lot of me just showing her shit or her being like, "Let's watch Twenty Two Jump Street." I'm like, "Yeah, all right." Um, <laughs> I did, oh, this is way back, but I don't think I talked about Escape Room Tournament of Champions last time, oh, did I? Like, no, I don't think you did. 
I, I mean, I am going to keep seeing these movies no matter what. I'm obsessed. I didn't like it as much as the first. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because of they bring back a character and I hate the way they did it and it makes me very angry. Oh, gosh. Um, I, I just, oh, horror sequels, you know, that's the curse. <laughs> um, but, I mean, really fucking elaborate. I almost said traps. Like, this is our, this is, fuck whatever the Saw franchise is trying to do. I'm here for escape room. Um, there's a character that's definitely a les. I'm just like, boom, like, laser focused. Um, so I'm still, I will watch, like, escape room 10. Like, <laughs> I'll do it. Um, I watched Tignataro's uh, animated special, which was cool, on HBO Max. They, like, animated some of her, like, I guess it was just, like, compilations of, like, unused stand-up material. Huh. I mean, I love Tig. You can't go wrong with Tig. Cool. Um, I watched, uh, oh, Outfest is happening right now, so I'm trying to fit in some stuff like that while work is crazy. I watched a documentary called Rebel Dykes about, like, these, like, uh, basically kind of, like, punk lesbians in the 80s in London kind of shit. And how they're just, no matter... No matter any point in history you're looking at in LGBT history, there is always discourse you learn among the community. <laughs> there is always discourse. This ain't new. Uh, and I was just like, wow. It's like how I felt when I watched Go Fish, and they have like what feels like an online forum attack. I'm like, this is this is online now. This is just what they. Do. It's just online. Anyway, <laughs> okay. What's what's important is no wait. Okay, two things. I'm so sorry. Everyone okay. can just keep scrolling. Well, I saw t- I saw Titan, but I can't talk about it because of an NDA. It was like an advanced screening. Okay. From the director of Raw. Um, I can't say the girl I sat next to. I was like, so what? What do you? Why are you here? Did you see Raw? She's like, no. I'm like, oh, so it's just like free ticket kind of thing. She's like, yeah. And then I saw, I got the email, and then I saw the trailer, and this girl was twerking in it. So I thought that I was like, you are in for a ride, ma'am. <laughs> if that's all you know about this movie going in, um, and that is all I can say. Um. <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. Ever, I saw the Jungle Cruise, and I had just, like, the time of my life. And, like, <laughs> everyone's rating it so low. And I'm just like, can't we just, like, have have some fun? Like, it's... Because it's, it's just pure adventure, and, like, the Rock gets to be funny. He has, you know, like, on the Jungle Cruise rides, the skippers are always, like, making bad puns. He gets to do that. Like, yeah! he's constantly... Do- I'm just like, yes! yes! There's, like, a whole... His whole opening scene is him, like, taking rich people on, a, on his, like, little Jungle Cruise, and he's making bad puns, and they all just, like, look like they want to die. And I'm like... <laughs> yes! Cinema. Um, and he actually, like... Can't believe if I'm saying this about anyone that isn't Jason Statham, but, like, The Rock has chemistry with Emily Blunt in this. Like, mm. they have a really good... Like, yeah, back and forth. I love Emily Blunt. I would die for her. She gets to do fun adventure heroine shit in this. Like, the, like she's the lead to me, not doing the Rock Johnson. <laughs> to me, she is the lead. And then there's, a, a, speaking of discourse, <laughs> this discourse over Jack Whitehall's, like, little gay-ass character in this that I... Oh, my God. Everyone calm down. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Oh <laughs> I'm so tired. Like, I, I was like, I was born in the, the gay LeFou discourse of 2017, and I'm so tired of these conversations, and, like, a lot of them come from very valid points of view and feelings, but the way that they are being discussed is so stupid that I was just like, I'm out! I'm clocking out! Uh, <laughs> Do not speak the deep magic to me, which I was there when it was born. Honestly. So that's what I've been up to. <laughs> <laughs> try, try to watch some more outfit shit. 
I gotta watch Jungle Cruise now because I love both Emily but yes! and Dwayne Rock Johnson. Go Johnson's. see it in a theater. Get just, vaccinated I... and go see the Jungle Cruise. Fuck yeah, man. We should just have some fun here. Like, let's just have some fun, shall we? But yes, let us all go to Jungle Cruise uh, and have more fun <laughs> than we should. Well, that's our takeaway from this. Absolutely. My impact. Yeah, Disney needs the money, everyone. Go see. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> they need okay. money like I need uh, another book on my shelf that hasn't been read. Exactly. Oh my god. I'm staring at one last stop on my bookshelf. Like, one day, honey. One day. One day, honey. Alright. You can find me at Dyke Madden on Twitter. And you can find me at LM Designs on Twitter, and you can find the podcast on Twitter at Horror, uh, Horror Time Pod, and on Facebook at Stop Horror Time Pod. And if you like what we do, and you want to have more people listen, uh, you can always leave reviews if the place you listen to listen to us on has them. Uh, and just tell your friends about them, especially those who like horror films and want to know more about them but just can't watch them. Uh, we're pretty good mm-hmm. for that as well. Um, this has been a super fun month. I cannot wait to see what we start up for September because we're getting close to the spooky time, even though it has been that since August 1st for me. Spooky time! <laughs> I'm so excited! I'm so ready for the fall I'm over the summer. Um, and we will hopefully see you guys soon and... Stay safe, stay, get vaccinated, mm-hmm. go see the Jungle Cruise mm-hmm. in theaters, like Kate said. <laughs> and watch the Near Dark rules. on Shudder. Yes. <laughs> Alright, bye! We'll see you guys later. Bye!